Hey, it's Jeep Paul. Change Harvesting Software Design centers online brownfield development, change century thinking. Most older sets of design imperatives are based in offline greenfield development, build century thinking. The differences can and should lead to design disagreements. The significance of online brownfield versus offline greenfield is hard to overstate in all areas of software development, but especially so when we talk about what makes a design good or bad. In four decades, I've read countless books about software design. I've had my favorites, and I'm sure you've had yours. Some of my favorites really don't stand the test of time, of course. They were just right time, right place for me to absorb their ideas and put them into play. The majority of these books present examples and arguments from a standing start, a blank page, a green field. The author presents a, a design problem more or less rigorously, then shows one or more solutions to it. We either take the single solution or rank the several and take the best answer. From there, we abstract generalized design principles. Most books do this multiple times with multiple cases, but each case starts with that large blank page onto which we craft our design. Early in this textual history, the criteria we use to assess and pull abstractions are quite distant from the actual carnival that is professional software development. These works, often quite beautiful, are about assessing the value, one way or the other, of the finished page. Over time, the texts, at least some of them, get less and less focused on software design in the mind, and slightly more attentive to software design in the world. It mostly creeps in around the edges, but it's there. Consider an idea like the dependency inversion principle, where we make details depend on abstractions rather than vice versa. It has some value in most contexts, but the real bang for the buck comes from recognizing you can change the details and not wreck the abstractions. But why is that important? It hardly matters if the page is finished. You can argue from elegance or intellectual purity, but it's not a terribly compelling argument. No, the win here is that the design flexes under change. Explicitly or implicitly, the carnival has come to town. Of course, there are masterworks like Fowler's Refactoring or Jeffrey's Nature of Software Development or three or four of Beck's books that actually center their design ideas around change. But even now, it's not terribly common. Anyway, to get back to the starting point, the designs from change harvesting theory are different from the designs from preceding theories in that they don't just inject elements of change into the designs, they actually center those elements. A rough cut at design from a change harvester sounds like this. The best design is the one that lets us rapidly field our idea to the market in such a fashion that we can then change that idea in direct response to that market's dynamics. It's like we want people to move in before the building is finished, before, in fact, it's even blueprinted. We will harvest three things from that. First, a partial value stream. Second, solid guidance for how the architecture should evolve. And third, the loyalty and confidence of our occupants. Or think evolution. We can't evolve a non-existent creature. It has to be in the world. And we can't evolve a creature that is fixed and final. It has to be changeable. And we can't design perfection in advance. It has to fit in a world that is changed by its presence. The difference between classical design theory and modern design theory is exactly this. The changeability of the design is a criterion second only to whether it works at all. When you study the older texts, you see the changeability criteria gradually slipping in. Ideas like solid 
well, even stuff from the 80s, implicitly supports change. But it has a hole, and it's a big one. It focuses on structural changeability and ignores operational changeability. What do I mean? Well, old school designs make predictions about what is likely to change, and those predictions inform the structure of the design, the, the look it has on that greenfield page, the boxes and labels and arrows. But what are the criteria for operational changeability? Well, we went over them a couple of days ago. One, control. Two, monitoring. And three, expression. Classical designs don't isolate our code from their code. They don't emphasize control. Most of them are small problems with nothing like the complexity of a modern app's relationship to its surrounding ecology. Classical designs don't regard tests and testability as design criteria. Coming from a greenfield blank page, unoccupied building point of view, we can test it at the end as a whole thing and we'll be fine. Classical designs do attend to expression, though not perhaps as much as a change harvester would. That might be a, a level of zoom issue as much as anything else. Change harvesters obsess over expression because it's so dominant as a factor in cost of change. When I say that change harvesting designs are different, I don't mean to throw out everything we learned from the older ideas. On the contrary, not only did those older designs often incorporate structural changeability and attend to expression, they also laid out many of the basic patterns, design parts, I don't know, that we can use to get high changeability now that we see that it's so valuable. Older design theories certainly know about how to isolate one thing from another safely, and they certainly know about how to shape a design around testability, and we can use all of that. What prompted all this? Well, a respondent, as so often. Please do talk to me about these things, folks. Your, your questions, comments, critiques, and quan not only give me juice to make content, they give me ideas about the shape of that content. Someone described something that happened to him that has happened to me also many times. Someone objected to incorporating code into our design for the sole purpose of enhancing our operational changeability. The gist of their case? Tests and testability should not change design. The idea that tests and testability are first-class participants in design is called the steerability premise. It is the single biggest change in software design theory since the turn of the century. It is still quite commonly resisted. If you prefer the architectural metaphor, we can't make people move out and move in again as we change the architecture. We have to make every change so that we get same or better experiences for those people. We need to know exactly what same or better means, and that means tests and testability. We have to know the exact current state of our building, or our creature if we're evolving, before we change it, so we can change it in a way that is guaranteed to be same or better. Even very modern design theory advocates, in my respondent's case, he was a big DDD fan. All serious developers, by the way, should look into DDD and appreciate its ideas. And this guy was very troubled by the idea that the optimal design must include tests and testability. Hopefully, I've given folks enough material here to formulate an answer when they're challenged on this. If not, well, throw me some issues and I'll take another swing. The steerability premise, that tests and testability are first-class design citizens, isn't the only difference between old-school design theory and change harvesting design theory. The change harvester's design imperative says, the best design is the design that most quickly puts an idea in direct contact with its market without sacrificing our ability to rapidly change that idea. It enfolds classical design theory, but it extends, resorts, and remixes it. I'm Jeepa, 
Thanks for listening. Hey folks, the Change Harvest in Camarada, an informal gathering of change harvesters, is open. Come to gpahill.org slash camarada and check it out. Join today. The first 50 yearly members get a personal consultation with me, Chief Thanks. Thanks.